0: Girlfriends, episode number 117. Four reasons why you should nurture your mother heart. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. In this week's show, we're talking about your mother heart. What does that mean, and why should you nurture this part of yourself? time to get started with our conversation. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here on this icy, cold, freezing winter, April 16th day. Yeah, you heard that right. It's April 16th. And yes, I should not complain because I saw what happened to people in Wisconsin and Minnesota over the weekend where they got dumped on with a blizzard. But this is also feels ridiculous. Okay? It's April 16th and I am recording this in my car which is completely glazed over with ice in the middle of a freezing rainstorm. I mean, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous out there. I'm wearing my giant snow boots, of course, and just huddled here in the car which I had running for a good long time and the ice is still not melting off of it because I think it's falling as fast as I'm able to kind of melt it with the heat from the car. This is crazy. And we had some yesterday too. And before I went out, Dan came out and he was being nice and he's going to scrape off the car for me. Well, that was a joke. You couldn't scrape this stuff off. It was unscrapable. It was like, I don't know, just like a thin layer upon a thin layer upon a thin layer, the perfect combination of ice. And we just needed to let the car run for like half an hour to be able to even begin to melt the ice off the windshield. So crazy. Crazy. Anyway, I just thought I'd complain. I'd start out by complaining a little bit about the weather. I know some of you have it worse, and feel free to let me know. I I actually uh, felt a little encouraged uh, by seeing some people's posts on Facebook that we're not alone in this. This is really, I mean, even for New England, even for New Hampshire, where we get pretty late springs... This is beyond, I mean, I know it's happened before because you know what? I actually looked up the statistics yesterday because I was like, this is crazy. This must be a record. Well, it was record cold yesterday. I think it was like 26 degrees um, for that time of year. And um, But I also was looking up because we live on Lake Winnipesaukee and we lake people. This is what we do. We record and have recorded since the 1800s ice out on the lake. And if you're not a lake person, ice out means... Um, the day that there is no more ice on the lake. (laughs) So the earliest ice out recorded was only just a few years ago. It was like four years ago. And it was in March, which is crazy. We had a super mild winter that year. And then um, the latest is still a long ways off. So I don't, I don't know that we're going to set the record for the latest ice out, but I think we're, you know, we're doing well toward that goal there's still a lot of ice out there on the lake (laughs) anyway i hope wherever you are you're not freezing or if you are that you're surviving it like we are um what else is new oh gosh okay i wanted to mention this are you on the new social network mewe i don't even know if i'm saying that right m-e-w-e mewe With all the negative press that Facebook has been getting recently for its lack of privacy and lack of concern for basic rights to privacy uh, among its users, this new social network has kind of sprouted up in this opportunity, Um, MeWe, which is supposed to uh, protect your privacy better. They They don't sell you to anybody, which is appealing to me, but at the same time, I'm like kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. I saw Dom Bettinelli, um, some of you know him through podcasting, posted on Facebook about it. He said he was joining it and at the same time expecting it would just disappear like Google Plus and Plurk and other, other ways of connecting that existed in the past. Well... Maybe it will. Anyway, um, seeing his post and seeing people's positive reactions to it made me go and check it out. And I made an account and then I immediately regretted it because I was overwhelmed. And I was like, I do not need another thing in my life. And unless I'm going to make the choice to completely get off of Facebook, which I'm not, for sure it's part of my work. And um, I, I don't post a lot with my personal profile there anyway. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not getting off of Facebook. So if I'm not doing that, I think I'm not going to join this new network. But now I'm being inundated with like MeWe we is telling me and I know I can adjust my settings and it won't tell me every single person I know that's joining me and that I can connect with them and I don't know I just I don't think I need another thing are you I'd love to hear your thoughts though if you're on there and if you're enjoying it if it's um, a good alternative for you because I know a lot of people are just getting off of Facebook and um, I don't know I kind of feel like if I decide to get off of Facebook I'm not going to I'm not going to try to replace it with something else. I don't know. Anyway, that's where I'm at with that. I also wanted to mention um, the Catholic Momcast, the new podcast that Lisa Hendy and I are hosting together for Catholic Mom that's been out for a few weeks now. We're having a contest to promote it, and it's super fun, and you can win a cool prize in an easy way. This is what you do. I'll put a link in the show notes to get more information about it, but all you have to do is leave a review. For the Catholic MomCast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll take your review and you, you will automatically be entered if you leave a review for us. If you don't listen on any of those um, platforms, you can leave us a review on social media. If you're on MeWe, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, whatever, leave us a review, get, get the word out, help us to get the word out about the show. And then be sure, if you do it the social media way, be sure to tag us. Tag Catholic Mom or tag me or tag Lisa so that we'll know to enter you in the contest. And now the cool prize that you can win, da-da-da, you can win a Pope Francis bobblehead doll, okay? This thing cracks me up. It's super cute and super fun. There's a picture of it in the Facebook post promoting the contest. Um, That's the second place prize. And one lucky winner is going to win that. We're going to randomly draw a name among the people who've left reviews for the Catholic MomCast. And then the first place prize is a $50 Amazon gift card. So you've got your... Your eye on a book that you want to order that's coming out this spring, and you haven't yet decided to spend the budget on it. Well, maybe you won't have to. Maybe you're going to get $50 on Amazon and it'll be fun and easy for you to do. So, super easy, but it's also really helpful for us in just getting the word out about the show. Those reviews are really valuable. So, that's why we decided to focus on reviews for this contest. So, easy to do just takes a few minutes of your time you support the podcast you support its launch its beginning and help get the word out about it but at the same time you're entered to win possibly a fun prize so anyway check that out for the catholic mom cast contest that's going on Um, i'll link to the facebook post about it in the show notes for this episode at daniellebean.com okay Also, I wanted to mention, this is just a funny little story inside of my marriage that made me reflect a little bit, and maybe it'll be helpful to some of you, that my husband totally shamed me over the weekend. He didn't mean to, but um, this has been going on, okay, since Easter, our room has been out of control. Like, it's a mess in there, and it's mostly clothes. It's clothing, like, and in my opinion, it was 100% Dan's fault. Like, I looked at the mess, and I thought every single time, it's Dan's stuff what a slob (laughs) every time I'm walking in there, you know, like, oh my gosh, he's so messy. What a mess in here. And it's all Dan's fault. Well, yesterday when I was going out, he told me he was going to uh, clean up his stuff in our room while I was gone. And I was thrilled because I thought I'd come home to an immaculate room. Well, guess what? I didn't. And that's not because he didn't do his job. I came home to a messy room because it's my stuff that's left on the floor in our room. I'm a big slobby jerk. (laughs) And I was thinking the whole time it was like 90% his stuff. Well, it's probably about 50-50, honestly. And now I have to go through my stuff. I've been totally shamed. I've been outed for the slobby jerk that I am. And you know what? I just thought to myself, you know, as silly as that is, and I will get to it, I hope today. Um, as silly as that is, it really is reflective of how we approach sometimes our relationships, right? There's a big mess in whatever way you want to imagine that mess, or in whatever way you do experience that mess. And we want to blame the other person 100%. And yeah, because we see that they are contributing in some way, but that's all we can see. And this was really eye opening to me, because sometimes that's just not true. It's not the truth. We don't see our own mess. We don't see our own contributions to the mess. So we really do need to make an effort to notice those things and be fair in our judgments. And I think it's helpful just to remember that, even if you still can't see your contribution to the mess or your, your slobbiness and your, your mess. It's helpful to remember that it's there, that you're blind to it, that you only see the other person's and, Um, that can really help you. I mean, not that it was, you know, some terrible thing inside of my marriage, but it was something that I kind of rolled my eyes about and kind of judged Dan about and felt superior about inside of my marriage, this stupid mess. Anyway, I thought I'd share that because it was very shaming. It was very humbling, but it was also very eye-opening for me to see the ways in which I take things for granted and I don't notice my own stuff. So, Maybe there's someplace in your life that you're doing that, and I just want to encourage you to kind of take stock and see if that might be going on somewhere in your life and uh, maybe take some steps to address it. Okay, well, on to this week's topic, I want to talk about your mother heart and how to nurture it and why you should nurture your mother heart. So first of all, what am I talking about? Well, I thought of this topic because here's what happened. This past week, um, you know, during the day, I've just got my two youngest boys who are still homeschooling at home and I'm working from home. And there was a day this past week where Dan took the two boys, Danny and Rafe, and he took them out. I forget what they were doing, but they were gone. And I found myself alone in my house, alone in my house. And this has not happened in years I'm not even kidding. This has not happened in years that I've been alone in my house. Yeah, I've been alone other places, you know, and I'll be alone if I go for a walk and um, I'm alone at hotel rooms when I'm traveling or whatever. But this was very different because I was alone in my house. And let me tell you, I love my family and I love when all the family's home and it's crazy, but um, I also really love to be by myself. And this was awesome. And I loved it. It was just like a couple hours in the afternoon. And um, I, you know, I was pretty well caught up on my work. And so I decided to, you know, do a little bit of cleaning. I thoroughly cleaned the kitchen. And um, it was a kind of a cold, rainy day. So I had some... um, chicken bones that were left over from having roasted chickens the night before. So I put those in the instant pot and made broth and started making soup. And I was so happy. And I realized I just felt so content in those moments in my kitchen, by myself, in my house, because I was focused on just doing little things for my family and serving my family in these like little small ways, but it felt so deeply meaningful to me. I felt so connected and like the, the work had meaning for me in a way that I haven't felt or haven't noticed that I've felt in a long time. And yeah, we all do these kinds of things, this kind of work that serves our families every day. But I think what was different was I had a real opportunity to choose it, deliberately choose it. You know, to choose to spend that time, I mean, I could have just read a novel or whatever. It would have been fine. But um, to choose to spend my time doing that and to really focus on it, and because, you know, there weren't a thousand other things demanding my my time and attention at that point. So... I really felt like it was meaningful work and I really felt connected with it. And I felt so rejuvenated in my role as a wife and a mom, just from those couple of hours focused doing that work. And I thought to myself, this is important. This is something important that I'm experiencing here that perhaps we don't take enough time to experience because we're busy, because we're doing that work. And or sometimes because we don't value that work because there's so much of it and we're doing it nonstop or because we're doing that work and we're distracted by a thousand other things going on and we aren't able to really focus on the fact that this has real meaning for our identity as women, as wives, as mothers. So I want to talk about that a little bit, um, how to nurture your mother heart. And I'm calling that mother heart. So let's let's start from the beginning. What are we talking about? Like every woman's called to be a mother. Yeah. Okay. So let's start there. The first reason why you should nurture your mother heart is because you were made for that. You were made for it. And I dare say that because the great St. John Paul II dared say that. He had the audacity to say, every woman is called to be a mother. So the the quotation from uh, JP 2 is, motherhood is every woman's vocation. Yesterday, today, always. It is her eternal vocation. A mother is the one who understands everything and embraces each of us with her heart. Today's world is hungrier than ever for that motherhood, which physically or spiritually is woman's vocation as it was Mary's. Well, that is politically incorrect, right? You don't just go around saying every woman's called to be a mother. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. And of course, what John Paul II is saying and what I'm saying also is not that every woman is called to biologically bear children, Many women are called to do that, but that's not how every woman will experience her motherhood. We experience it in different ways. But what he's talking about is that self-giving, nurturing love that women are so gifted at in whatever that looks like inside of your life, that you're called to be that. You're called to do that for other people. You're called to be that mother, play that role for other people, the people that God places in your life whatever that means for you. And you know what? Even those of us who do have children of our own and raise children of our own, that looks different at different times in our lives. You know, you don't always have little babies and kids. You're not always nursing a baby. You're not always gonna even have older kids or teenagers in your house. Sometimes it's gonna be more of a relationship you have with a niece or a nephew or with a student or with a patient or with a neighbor or a coworker, somebody that God has placed in your life for you to nurture in that way. And a lot of times it does mean that those little tasks, that drudgery, what often can feel like drudgery, of feeding people, of cleaning, of caring for people, you know, the lion's share of which falls on the shoulders of women in our culture, in our society. And there's a reason for that. And I'm not saying women are made to, you know, stay barefoot and pregnant and (laughs) just cook dinner and clean the bathroom. No. But there's a reason why women more often than not... Given the choice, we'll choose those kinds of roles. Even inside of the kinds of careers we choose, we choose caregiving careers by and large. Or we choose to work part-time so that we can focus on caring for our family. Or we'll take time away from a career to focus on caring for an elderly parent we're the ones who do this. And I'm not saying it has to be, this isn't a prescription. This isn't, you know, you have to do this, but I am telling you, every woman is made for this kind of work in a unique way, in a way that men are not. And that doesn't mean a man can't sweep a floor or scrub out a toilet. We understand these things. And um, I'm not arguing for that, that kind of inequality inside of a marriage or inside of home life. But I'm trying to tell you that The kind of work that we do uniquely as women, that we're uniquely gifted at, the kind of nurturing, self-giving love that we're called to show and to give to other people, whoever they are that God has placed in your life, you're called to be a mom to them, whatever that looks like. And the details are going to look different for everybody. But I am telling you, you were made for it. That's why you should nurture your mother heart. That's why you should take time to deliberately think about the kinds of work that really nurture that side of your personality the kind of work that really feeds your soul in that way, because that's where we find meaning. That's where we find value. And that's actually my next point. That's the next reason why I think you should nurture your mother heart. Take time to do that. Take time to notice the things that nurture that side of you is because it will make you happy. I know it's crazy. And if you're like, you know, it's, Completely inundated with housework and cleaning and meals and all the, you know, the duties and responsibilities that sometimes threaten to overwhelm us. If you're feeling particularly overwhelmed with that right now, maybe this is something hard for you to hear and understand, but know that that's not the ideal. Feeling overwhelmed by it, you know, there's something in your life you need to address. There's something that's unbalanced. Ideally, what God wants you to do is find meaning inside of this work because it will make you happy. Because when you do the thing that you were built to do, that makes you happy. That's, that's how we find meaning. And women find meaning inside of relationships and nurturing relationships, inside of communication, connecting, bonding, communing with other people, right? Ultimately with God, our creator, we're all built for communion with God. But in the meantime, we're built for communion with other people. We're built for connecting with the people that he's placed here in our lives, in this life, right? And the way in which we do that, we are uniquely gifted at doing as women, connecting with other people, You know this. I mean, you've experienced this, I'm sure, with women in your life, but also with yourself and the role that you tend to play among friends and family and people inside of your community or in your school or in your workplace. Women are uniquely gifted at helping one another love. Think about the privilege that is, right? And think about the fact that doing what you were made to do, doing what you were made to do, what you were built to do will make you happy. I think this is a, a lot of the um, discontent that women experience in our world today is because we have bought this lie. And even I bought this lie, and I still fight it to some extent. It's still inside of my heart sometimes. This idea that we're supposed to find happiness in outside of our vocation as mothers, outside of those things we're uniquely good at as women, outside of our relationships, right? Because other stuff's more important, status or... Uh, success in the workplace or wealth or fame, right? Those are the important things. That's what our culture will tell us. Focus on a man's definition of success in the workplace. Well, your definition of success in the workplace might involve being in the workplace. I'm not at all saying that women don't belong in the workplace, but it might also mean balancing that with meaningful relationships in your personal life, inside of your family, taking care of your husband and children in a way that's meaningful to you. You know, I, I think that the discontent we sometimes feel is that we've bought into the lie. And then um, many of us make decisions either to sacrifice our family life and, and focus on career in a way that's, you know, personally compromising. And I'm not saying if you work full time, you're compromising your family. I, I 100% know and understand and have experienced personally that balance inside of work and family life can look, at, look like all different kinds of things. But what I am saying is let's not buy into the lie of pursuing those ideas of what our culture tells us is success, those things that our culture tells us are going to make us happy. Let's not pursue those things at the expense of who we are, at the expense of who God made me to be, at the expense of what will make you happy. Be honest about what your heart wants. I think because we all know this and we feel that disconnect in our hearts when we buy the lie that our culture feeds us about what success looks like, what happiness looks like, what, what a woman is supposed to do, have it all, be it all, right? What that looks like. And we do that at the expense of our own happiness sometimes. So um, it's important, okay? Okay. So that's actually my, when I just looked down at my notes, um, it's important. That's the third reason why you should nurture your mother heart. Looking back at that quotation from St. John Paul II, he said, Today's world is hungrier than ever for that motherhood. Hungrier than ever. And, oh my gosh, you don't have to, you know, look at your Facebook feed or the news for too long to realize just how true that is. The world is desperately in need of genuine love, compassion, communication, relationship. They're desperate for that. And it's important. Can there be anything more important than loving other people? We know that's everything. And sometimes we're tempted, and I think this is Satan himself getting inside our heads and telling us what we're doing is not important. Nobody notices it. It's often hidden behind the scenes, right? But it's such an important role. And it can be easy to dismiss because it feels like a bunch of little stuff. Right. Oftentimes the stuff that makes up our the ways in which we nurture and care for others are those tiny things. But then think about times in your life where you felt uniquely known and loved. And I bet it was because somebody noticed those little tiny things about you, took care of some little thing before you even asked, noticed something, noticed you. Right. People want to be seen. And women, I think, are uniquely capable of seeing other people. Right who sees and understands everything and embraces each of us with her heart. Think about how important that is. That's not a small thing. That's everything. If you can manage to do that in your world, wherever God put you, in whatever hidden way God is calling you to live that out, that's everything that's hugely important. And yet we lose sight of that because, first of all, the stuff feels inconsequential sometimes. You know, making a casserole or wiping her nose or changing the bed sheets or cleaning the kitchen, all that stuff. And yet it's so important. It's part of how we build homes and build families and build connections and relationships with one another. And women being uniquely gifted at it. We really are called to be the teachers, the teachers in our homes and in our families, in our relationships, in our workplaces, teaching other people how to love. And I bet you're already doing this. We already do this. We naturally do this inside of our relationships. You know, those times when you nudge your husband, when you notice something about a child that, you know, something they need and you give your husband a nudge or you give one of their siblings a nudge. My mom still does this with the nine of us. She still will text or send an email and let us know what's going on with one of our siblings. Just a little nudge like, you know, check in with check in with so and so. Give your brother a call or, or whatever. We do this because we know it. We can see it in a way that others don't. We're uniquely gifted at it. And you are uniquely gifted at it in whatever part of the world God has decided to place you in whatever community God has placed you in, whether it's your own family or it's a workplace community or it's your neighborhood, it's your church or it's a school, wherever God has put you, he knows all about it. And he's put you there to play that role for the people that you're with in that place. And for many of us, that does mean starting in our own homes and families. And for all of us, it generally means doing little hidden things that nobody's going to stand up and applaud you for. But you know what? I think there's a unique kind of joy in that kind of giving. I know for sure I felt that kind of contentment in kind of being the -the behind-the-scenes worker in my family and in my home many times. One time that really stood out to me was um, a couple of years ago. Dan's dad was visiting, and after dinner... The kids and grandpa were playing a game together in the living room and I was in the kitchen just cleaning up dinner and I had made dinner. So, you know, I could have very easily felt resentful, like, why am I stuck here with the dishes? And I I would have been, you know, completely within my rights to go and demand that somebody help me with the after dinner dishes. But I didn't feel that desire at all. I felt so content in kind of being a behind the scenes helper and supporter and creating that opportunity for my family to be together. And I'm not saying this like I'm some kind of saint, but I was very aware of it inside of that moment that I was genuinely content to play that role. And that seems so countercultural, right? Our culture would tell us that's ridiculous. That's beneath you. You're called to so many greater things. And none of what I'm saying is meant to discount the great things that women have accomplished in the workplace, in boardrooms, in academics, in science, in the arts. Absolutely not. But it is saying, Not to focus on those things, focus on accomplishing those things, especially inside of your own life, at the expense of things that will truly bring you happiness, at the expense of your own identity, at the expense of what your heart tells you is important in your life. It's so important. So do it because you were made for it, because it will make you happy, and because it's important. So important. Our world needs it. St. John Paul II, I think he was such a prophet in a lot of the words that he uses to describe the world and describe its need for motherhood. So, so true, especially true in today's world. You don't have to look far to see just how important it is. And you don't have to look far inside of your own home, inside of your own family, inside of your own work to see how hungry people are for that kind of love, the kind of love that only you can give them doesn't mean they can't experience love from other people. It doesn't mean other people don't know how to love, but you are uniquely gifted at it. And you're called to play that special role among the people in your own home, in your own family, wherever it is that God has placed you. He's calling you to be a mother to the people that he's put around you. Okay, so moving on to the fourth reason why you should nurture your mother heart is because people who tell you otherwise are sexist. <laughs> It's the truth. It's the truth. And, you know, this is something that I've given a lot of thought to, and I've even experienced it personally, because we all have those people in our lives. It, it might even be a voice in your own head that's telling you these things are beneath you. This kind of work is beneath you. You're meant for bigger and greater things, which I'm not saying you're not meant to do. You're not, I'm not saying you're, you're only ever meant to, to do this work, but I am saying that this is the most valuable, meaningful, important work that you were made for it and that it's important. So, So the people who tell you otherwise, I say, are sexist because they're telling women to deny who they are, to fit some mold, usually a male idea of what success is, what happiness is, what what it means to live a good life and to deny what their own hearts are telling them, who they are, what they're made for, what their very strengths are because they are women. We're being told to deny these things. I remember vividly, uh, it was several years ago, back when Faith and Family Live days, I know some of you go back that far, when we had that awesome website with Faith and Family Magazine, which was an awesome magazine and none of it exists anymore and I'm so sad, but it was a great time when we had Faith and Family Live, which was a great interactive website, multiple bloggers and just great conversations going on on there. And I remember that I had shared on Faith and Family Live this little post where I was just um, sharing about how, you know, a simple thing can make us happy, and I had this candle that I really liked. I forget what, you know, fragrance it was, but I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, in the evenings after I had cleaned up the kitchen and, you know, prepared everything for the next day, I would light the candle on my kitchen counter and turn out the lights. And it was just a very peaceful scene that I thoroughly enjoyed and that I reveled in that. And I kind of shared that in this post. Well, mostly the community at Faith and Family Live was very supportive of that kind of sentiment. But somebody happened in there, and I don't know, it was, you know, a, a woman who was angry at me for saying this, for sharing this, and how stupid it was, and how ridiculous to focus on such little things when women can do such amazing things, and that it was beneath me and it's beneath every woman, and she was offended by my post sharing that. I was so upset. Like, it really just stabbed me right in the heart. And, you know, I understand where she was coming from because I battle with that idea sometimes interiorly. Like, I am capable of many things. You're capable of many things. Women are capable of amazing things. So who are we to limit ourselves to these small things that otherwise aren't, you know, very meaningful? Well, I really think that, you know, the fact that we can do other things is great. And as I said, I'm not telling anybody not to do other things, but I am saying that the fact that we find joy in these little things is meaningful and it matters who we are and how these kinds of work make us feel. And you know, what our identity is as women and that we find our deepest meaning inside of that motherly role, nurturing and caring for others, whatever that looks like in your life. It might never mean cleaning a kitchen and lighting a candle. It could look completely different. It could just be the listening ear for a friend or a coworker playing that role inside someone else's life, inside of your relationship with someone else's life, playing that role of compassionate listener, truly seeing the other person. And attending to those details, noticing the details of another person, noticing the needs of another, and being able to uniquely respond to it. So people who tell us otherwise, they are sexist. Honestly, they're telling women, don't be women. Don't be women. Being a woman is beneath you. Right? Ultimately, that's the message that we're getting from these these other sources. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying anything about that commenter long ago who hurt me with her her comment, but, uh, you know, it is, a, it is a common thing. She was voicing something that I think many people feel, and maybe you feel it too inside of your own heart. Maybe you're feeling that battle as well. I want to encourage you to explore that a little bit. Think about what your assumptions are about the kind of work you do and its value. Also, another sexist thing that happened to me inside of my work was, um, this is funny, when I first began as editor-in-chief of Catholic Digest magazine, you know, not a position I ever even wanted. Um, And, you know, when I was, I felt awkward about many things because I did feel like I was being inserted into what was largely a man's world. Um, there were, you know, inside of this publishing company in particular, mostly men were calling the shots. Um, and I was put in this role, replacing a man. Many people were angry about it. And I remember at the time, like struggling to find like, what am I going to, what am I going to bring here? What am I going to bring to, you know, the readers of of Catholic Digest where, you know, my previous work was felt like a, a really natural fit with um, Faith and Family magazine in that I was really focused on, you know, the kind of work that I do in the home and focusing on nurturing families. Well, Catholic Digest, I felt, had a role to play in that as well. And there was room for my voice with regard to that. And I cannot remember, and I, I should look it up. I cannot remember what my first um you know editorial note was that i but I did write about my home and my family because that was what was meaningful to me. And it was a way I was going to be connecting with readers of this new magazine that I'd been placed in charge of. And I remember getting an email from a man i I don't know anything else about him, just from a man. Um, Just completely dismissing me and saying, I hope you're not going to turn the magazine into this, you know, talking about laundry stains and cooking dinner or whatever. It was just so demeaning and dismissive of me because I had shared about my home and about my family and about the meaningfulness of those relationships. And I saw that for what it was. I was like, he's a sexist jerk. And that doesn't mean that all women have to talk about laundry and cooking meals all the time. But it does mean that if a woman finds those things valuable, if she finds meaning inside of doing that kind of work, it is wrong for other people to dismiss it. It is wrong for other people to say that it's demeaning because it's not. It's truly the most meaningful stuff that we sometimes do is those those small little hidden, otherwise meaningless tasks that add up to building relationships, that connect us with other people, that allow other people to feel seen and known and loved. There's nothing more important than that. Okay. So those are my four different reasons why you should nurture your mother heart, right? So first one, because you were made for it. John Paul II had the audacity to say you were made for it. Number two, because it will make you happy. Number three, because it's important. Our world needs it. Our world is hungry for your particular motherhood. Your world is hungry for your particular motherhood. And then finally, because people who tell you otherwise are sexist, we need to reject the sexist idea that other people can define what kind of work you should do and what will make you happy. And that's it. Those are my four reasons. I hope I've given you something to think about. I know some of this is a little provocative, and I know some of it, you might struggle with, because I do too. And this is stuff I've thought about and written about for a long time. It's a difficult thing inside of our culture to really understand our value as women and the valuable role that we're meant to play and the beautiful gifts and strengths that we have uniquely because we are women and the unique responsibility and privilege we have, the privileged role we're meant to play inside of our families, inside of our communities, inside of our workplaces. So if you have some thoughts to share about nurturing your mother heart, maybe you've struggled with this. Maybe this is something that you've made great strides in. Share with me what your stories are. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes at daniellebean.com. You can also just record a voicemail on your phone and then email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Send me an old fashioned email, connect with me on social media. You know, I love hearing from you and I want to know all about the ways that you are nurturing your mother heart hey do you like what we do here do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every week is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life well if so there's a convenient way you can say thank you for the girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your support for girlfriends. I want to thank our newest Patreon supporter, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. And you too. Please go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast every week. You can find out more about all the different products and media available from Ascension at ascensionpress.com. And that's all for this week. I want to remind you to go check out the Catholic Mom Cast contest going on. Easy to enter. Just leave a review. You know you want that Pope Francis bobblehead doll, and it's got your name on it. So check it out. The link will be in the show notes, or you can just go to the Facebook page for CatholicMom.com and get all the information about how you can enter to win. Just easy as leaving a review for the Catholic Mom cast. So be sure to go and check that out. But in the meantime, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for connecting with me. Thank you for all the ways you give me feedback and encouragement and support. I'm so grateful for the community that we have here. I'm so grateful for all the ways that we're able to connect and share about the meaningful stuff, about the important stuff inside of our lives. So thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth. Find your joy.